Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome back everybody to the third episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. Uh, I am your host, as always, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I am joined by my assistant to the host, my Pumba to my Timon, Chris Phillips. What's happening, buddy? Hi, Steve. <laughs> Happy Great to be Pumba. here, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen Multiplicity, where uh, Michael Keaton clones himself. One of the clones is not very smart, and he uh, calls Michael Keaton Steve the entire time. It's not his name. Yeah. So, hi, one, Steve. Of, one of the greatest like '80s, '90s movies of all time. If you have yeah. never seen it, you need to go back and check it out. Yeah. Happy to be here. Uh, episode three. Uh, thank you again to all of our listeners. Uh, you know, supporting us through episodes one and two. Uh, episode one still gaining some traction, getting lots of listens. Uh, episode two, not too far behind. Uh, of course, uh, I am Chris. As Steve said, you can find me on Twitter at PhillipsChris12, uh, or please follow us over at our uh, at Ballhawks underscore pod account as well. Yeah. Um, like you said, we have been gaining a lot of traction, a lot of traction in the UK, actually, which we'll mention that a little bit later. Um, we'd appreciate it if you guys left us a little review, subscribe. Give us that all-elusive five stars. I, I said it on Twitter. I just want to quickly mention it here, too. But uh, the UK is still leading the US in listens. And this so is I a competition. Get, I, I just want to get it out there, guys, that <laughs> it is a competition. Uh, let, let's let's see if we can get those numbers up. Absolutely. Um, so, obviously, a little slower in the free agency world this week. Um, that's pretty normal that's pretty typical every all the kind of big guns come out of the gate swinging everybody wants the top prize and now we're kind of left with those secondary some are calling them the tier two or tier three signings um but probably the biggest news over the last week since we were on here was the kenny galladay contract um leaving the detroit lions going to the new york football giants um, do you want to tell everybody what the contract was? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he certainly secured the bag as, uh, as people like to say, when these, uh, athletes get paid, Galladay, uh, signed a four year, $72 million contract, uh, $40 million guaranteed. Uh, of course, as we mentioned last week with the, uh, the, the, flavor of the week this year this year with nfl contracts it's actually a five-year deal not a four-year deal uh however of course that fifth year voids and uh it's actually worded right into the contract that it voids five days after the uh 2024-2025 super bowl uh hmm. which leaves uh 3.4 million uh dead money for the giants that year yeah that's a really interesting one i've never actually heard of such specific language and maybe that's just because contract news are starting to come out with all the details but i've never heard that usually it's i can't even remember i think it's before the league new year and like your bonus counts in a certain way um, but i've never heard contract talks about like exactly five days after the super bowl <laughs> that's the first one that i've seen this off season uh, with that uh, very specific wording. A lot of the other ones that have that voiding um, wording is, is not that specific. It's, it's just saying X amount of years that voids after the first year, after the second year, after the third year. But yeah, this is definitely the first one that I've seen where it's like very specific to the day 
when you know Kenny Galladay becomes available again. Yeah. Um, I was actually just looking at his contract today while I was stewing about how the Ravens didn't... I actually am not stewing about the Ravens not getting him. Um, but he only has a cap hit of 4.65 this coming year. So that gave the Giants quite a bit of leeway in making other moves. But after this year, it actually goes up to just over $21 million in a cap hit for three years. So I'm not sure. I haven't in-depth looked into the Giants contracts and who's coming off the books when, but um, they obviously want to make a push this year clearly because that's giving them, you know, over $15 million worth of cap space um, to go get those other guys. Well, it's one of those things as well, though, Steve, with we know the cap is down this year. Uh, we, we've talked about it the last two weeks that the cap has gone down this year, and we even went so far as to discuss whether or not the cap is real. Uh, this kind of, I guess, circles back to that conversation and, and brings it back to light where – a lot of teams had to get creative this year to get under that lower cap number and to make it work. And therefore they're, they're adding these void years. They're extending these contracts a little, a little longer so that they can create a lower cap space this year and push that cap space further down the road when they all expect the cap to go back up. Uh, especially after it looks like the NFL is going to have, fans this year with the way vaccinations are, are rolling out and things like that so it should be in a better calf the cash flow position this this season to also help with bumping up the the salary cap along with a lot of other uh things to that, that they're going to help boost that yeah i think a lot of these contracts that we're seeing these first years in 2021 are so unbelievably low and we keep seeing wow this neck like their contract spikes the next year well you know, we're going to talk about it a little later in the program, but it's because of that mega deal they just signed and the owners are owners and GMs are looking at that and saying, you know, let's just lower it for this year to get under the cap so we can compete, so we can sign other people. Um, but we definitely project it to go way up. So it's okay if their contract balloons by, you know, $15 million. Uh, the one thing that kind of stood out to me with the Galladay contract is – Again, every every time a player signs a new contract, it always seems to be, what is the out year? When when can the team get away from this this contract, this player, this whatever? If they feel like they need to open up the cap space, if the player's not performing well, it, there's so many other variables where teams decide to uh, take the out and, and get rid of this the 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 player. So, like I said, it, it's a four-year contract but it could really just work out to be a three-year deal uh the out is in year four uh like you're talking about cap the cap hit and, and what have you if they decide to cut him after year three it really only leaves 6.8 million dead cap space uh on the books for year four there i again with the way the salary cap is going up I don't think teams are going to be too worried about having, let's call it $7 million in, in dead cap space on their books. Yeah. And I was actually just looking at that. I thought I read somewhere that if you have the voided years, um, if you cut the player that you have to pay out the voided years that year on the cap, I, I'll have to go back and look at that for a year or for episode four. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't, it would be right at 10 million, which, you know, isn't ideal, but guess what? The Ravens are doing it this year with Earl Thomas's contract. It's exactly 10 million in dead cap. Um, and they're doing it with $185 million salary cap. So like you said, I don't think they're going to be too worried about having a little bit of an inflated um, dead cap, especially for a risk on a guy like Kenny Galladay, who is a true number one Um who can be paired with a bunch of those weapons they have right now. Um, the other one, the Giants just recently signed. Um, who am I looking for? Uh, Offense, defense. They just signed Kyle Rudolph as well to play tight end. Uh, they, they signed Adoree Jackson. Oh, Adoree. I, I could not remember that name to save my life. Um, 
Yeah, they, they've spent a. We were just talking about this earlier. They've spent a lot of money. Hey, the Dory Jackson was what three years, thirty nine million. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that tw- puts the Giants to over two hundred million dollars in um, purchased contracts. I guess uh, would be the way to. It's not a cap hit, but it's purchased contracts through total money given out through free agency wild thing with the Adoree Jackson contract too is he got cut by the Tennessee Titans turned around got recruited by his buddy Logan Ryan and signed a bigger contract with the Giants than what he was getting with the Titans uh, I've got it in front of me here with when he signed with the Titans uh, his his rookie deal was a four-year 11.2 million dollar contract and he just signed a average what is that 13 million a year contract with 26 and a half guaranteed so good for him i don't know if he's really going to be a number one corner for the giants uh he definitely struggled with some consistency issues down in tennessee uh he certainly has the the return game aspect to uh to his resume is that enough to to give him a bigger contract than what the tennessee titans were, were just trying to get out of i don't know i mean we, yeah. we were talking about jamal agnew and how he got signed uh, i think you said by the jaguars really just to be a, a return guy i mean you don't give a guy 13 million a year just to return kicks yeah, I mean, he's a form. Uh, Adori is a former first round pick. You know, he's just coming off a rookie deal, so he's relatively young still. So, I, I think you were right initially. I think they are banking on that upside of him. Um, I think last year, as a whole, for that entire Titans defense, was a little bit of a down year, anyways. Um, but definitely, that you know, giving a guy thirteen million a year on average, you're definitely banking on some uh, upside. Um, yeah, yeah. Which and, kind of? Oh, did you have something else? Oh no, I was I was just gonna uh, you know take that into uh, talking about the we're talking about Kenny Galladay, we're talking about Adoree Jackson, and I was just gonna kind of bring up how the uh, the you know should we call them the the New York Giants or the New Look Giants this year with with all the the changes that they made, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they really bolstered that like big. Yeah, team. I mean. I, I briefly mentioned Kyle Rudolph. They brought him in at tight end. Of course, they're they're bringing in Adoree Jackson, uh, Kenny G, and his saxophone. Uh, but they also signed John Ross. He, he's got that one-year, $2.5 million contract. Uh, Saquon Barkley coming back from, uh, was it his ACL? Yeah, I think it was an ACL. Coming back from his injury. Uh, of course, they still have Sterling Shepard. Uh, they have... Evan Ingram still there. They have Darius Slayton. Uh, so they've got a lot of firepower. That's a on lot offense. of weapons. Uh, it, it leaves a, a, a couple things up for discussion. Uh, how on earth are they, are they going to feed all of those <laughs> mouths? And is Daniel Jones going to step up? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the big thing right now is like, okay, it's, it's time to put up or shut up, right? Like, we just, we gave you so many weapons, and as you're listing those guys off, like, you've got a great backfield, obviously, by, I think, probably the most dynamic runner in the game when he's healthy, and I fully expect him to come back healthy. Um, myself coming back from ACL, I know that you can be, you know, fully back to your 100%, and he's obviously got better medical, um, <laughs> I guess, access to medical training better better rehab facilities and trainers etc and then you i mean i think ingram is a very underrated tight end you add that with a veteran guy like kyle rudolph um you also listed off four good weapons at wide receiver uh but the thing i think that is a little overlooked is that offensive line is still pretty good like they still have nate solder at tackle um, they just grabbed uh, Andrew Thomas. They also have uh, Will Hernandez. So, like, it's a stout offensive line. The pressure is all on Daniel Jones now. Like, what more could you want? You've got a good offensive line. You've got a safety blanket, tight end group. 
You've got a safety blanket, like dynamic runner. You've got all the weapons in the world. Like Darius Slayton, in my opinion, he could be a, I mean, he showed he's a number one wide receiver. I think he could still fill that role, whether they brought in Galladay or not. But now you got two guys on the outside. Um, that offense is stacked, man. And like you said, John Ross is kind of like the forgotten guy in that. But dude's a burner. He can take the top off a of defense. And uh, 100% of the pressure is going to Daniel Jones this offseason. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. Looking out at all these weapons, especially at wide receiver, it, it, it I guess now that we're talking about it, and I, I said it leaves two questions about the, the mouse defeat and Daniel Jones, but also are the Giants going to trade one of these guys? Uh, Sterling Shepard has maybe underwhelmed in the Big Apple. Um so is, is he someone that they can maybe look at, at moving on from, especially because they do have a guy like, like Darius Slayton that has performed so well, and Daniel Jones does seem to have a good connection with him. And then they have Galladay as well, which, of course, I mean, he's not going anywhere for the next three to four years. So lots lots of questions, lots to look look forward to probably with the uh, the New York football giants, and uh, should be a, a, an interesting year. and. I mean the the NFC East uh, was <laughs> bad. Not a gr- not a great division last year. No, uh, let, let's I, not sugarcoat it. They were bad. You, I, do, I you have... do not get a losing team winning the division if you are not bad. Like you're just you're flat out horrible, really. I you're right. I am sugarcoating <laughs> it. I I, I I do have a, uh, a a family member that does cheer for the Cowboys. I'm I'm probably going to hear about this, but we we definitely. <laughs> In our in our group chat, referred to the NFC East as the NFC least last year, and uh, so I, I think with all of the weapons that the Giants added, all the work that they've done this offseason, they are certainly setting setting themselves up in a good position to win that division next year. Yeah, and how many times do we hear that you build a team to win the division? That's the big goal. You win the division, you get a guaranteed playoff spot, you get a guaranteed home game. Um, even if you're seven and nine, like the football team, and you uh, get in, so I, I'm I often wondered, as I'm hearing all these offensive free agents coming to the Giants, well, who's the team that won it last year? Washington Football Team. What were they just dominant on last year? Defense. How do we beat that? We put up more points on. It's almost like this perfect counter move. Um, Sorry to your family member who's a Cowboys fan who might be listening, but um, I, I don't see them there yet. I think that defense has way too many holes. Like the offense is explosive and they can put up points, but their defense is so unbelievably bad that, you know, the Giants could put up 50 on them every single time. Um, and the Eagles are in shambles. There's no way those guys are coming back um, at all this year, probably in the next five years, I would assume. Eagles have a, a long, long climb to go uh, to, I think, even get a sniff at a wild card spot, let alone a, a division title. I agree. Back this year, uh, Zeke should hopefully perform at a better level than he did last year, but still a lot of holes uh, left on that defense. Yeah. And I mean, we can't forget the Eagles and not bring up the fact that the most elite quarterback of all time just signed with them for one year to be Jalen hurts. Uh, let's call him a mentor, but Joe Flacco, my guy, he brought the Shane second Fel- Lombardi <laughs> Shane Falco sugar, sugar Shane Falco. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I feel like Ravens fans have, and myself included, like this unfounded love for a guy who is quite average. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to stand up for Flago a little bit and say a little above average. Um, One absolutely dominant playoff run. That's good enough for me. You're a legend in my book. You brought me the second Lombardi trophy flags fly forever. 
I, I was just going to say that for you because you always like to remind me, doesn't matter how you got there, flags fly forever. Flags fly forever. And my, my uh, Keanu Reeves, Shane Falco re reference there, <laughs> I cannot help myself with that. Every time I hear Joe Flacco, I don't even... I don't even remember last time I called him Flacco. It's always my my mind goes right to Falco. He's he's Joe Falco for me. He is uh, he's Sugar Shane. That's how much and of an impact he's made in your mind as well. That's that's the is, legendary status he's made with you that you can't even remember uh, his name. <laughs> as the uh, Ravens flock on Twitter likes to refer him to, uh, Elite Joe Flacco. Elite um, well, Joe Flacco. Well, for me, he's Elite Shane Falco. If you ever get a chance, uh, look up the elite Flacco meter because there was that huge debate years ago. Is Joe Flacco elite? And they actually made this like little meter that was like, no, kind of. So it like goes up all the way to like elite. So anytime he did something good, people would just like have the elite meter all the way to the end. Just I was just cheer. expecting it to just go, no, 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 no. And you get all the way to the end. It's still no. Yeah. But what, what do Every I Every once in a while. <laughs> um. Okay, that, that kind of brings us to another thing we wanted to talk about with a free agency. Who's still out there for these second wave free agents? Um, I know, obviously, the the Ravens people on my timeline are just only looking at wide receivers. Everything is about wide receivers right now, um, except for Chase Claypool, who we're not going to get into. Um, definitely kick the guy, by the way. I, uh, I heard he's trying out for uh, the Steelers' new kicker position. New kicker position. Chase Claypool, you heard it here first. But he only likes to kick things that are on the ground. That's right, and the ball's on the ground when you go to kick it. He's not a punter, okay? He, he couldn't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will always take shots at Steelers fans, so if we have any Steelers fans listening to this, I sincerely apologize in advance. You know where Guess to what? find me, and you know how to chirp me. I have another family member who is a Steelers <laughs> fan. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like really striking out on all of our guests here right now. My uncles are both going to be calling me up as soon as this episode drops and saying, how dare you and wagging their finger at me for this. Christopher, how do we get on the Twitter, the tweet, tweeter? Um, this Stefan Pfizer guy is, uh, He's a real jerk, you know that? And I want to have a chatting with him. Um, I apologize in advance, but I'm actually not sorry. So, Chris, who are the wide receivers who are still available right now? Give me a couple big names that people should be looking for uh, to bolster their team from different positions. Yeah, I mean, well, going into this episode, I had written down T.Y. Hilton, but of course he went uh, back to the Colts today on, uh, I think I saw it was a one-year, $10 million contract with, was it $8 million guaranteed? Yeah, and I think the other two were like sort of incentive deals, so good good for him on a one-year, $10 million contract. I think that's more than what I would have wanted him for, but good for him. Yeah. Uh, Golden Tate is still out there. Uh, future Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Golden Tate. <laughs> uh, now you're taking the shots at my, at my followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm taking taking the shots at like our our hopefully core followers of of Ravens fans. Yeah, and uh, just gonna go ahead and say that Golden Tate is going to be the future number one <laughs> wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's still out there. Um, I, I'm sure he's getting up there getting a little long in the tooth um he's still a re reliable receiver um I, I saw one thing today that said he would be a good fit with the new orleans saints which i can't help but agree with uh you know they have michael thomas there michael thomas is going to see a lot of targets no matter who's at quarterback for them uh golden tate just brings in that reliable number two number three type receiver uh sammy watkins who seems to be on a bit of a world tour uh, as far as uh, team visits and things like that, I, I, I saw today, I can't remember where he was visiting, but... The Colts uh, as well. The Colts as well. Yeah. The visit has ended. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the world tour continues. That um, one was kind of he, an interesting one because he... Uh, sorry to cut you off there. Um, that was an interesting one because uh, he came for a visit to the Ravens and the Ravens are like, don't let him leave without a contract no matter what. 
Um, sky's falling. He leaves no contract. Um, I'm okay with it because it's, you know, if you don't agree to terms, you're probably asking for too much. He goes to the Colts to try his luck there and they go and sign TY and they're like, yeah, so, um, uh, bye. Like, I mean, it wasn't as brief as the, uh, Jadavian Clowney visit to the Browns. Um, I was talking to you about this earlier. I, I think it was somewhere around 30 minutes where he basically says he's going in for his, his visit to the Browns. He gets there and like before people can even close their Twitter app, it's being reported that he has left the building without a deal. So obviously uh, Twitter land is having a heyday with him and um, they've got that classic Simpsons, I guess, gif where Abe walks into the door takes his hat off does a 360 and walks back out so um sorry to our brown listener mr t wong um what is Clowney doing though yeah, like, is he really looking is he really looking for a 10 plus million dollar contract again is he looking to skip training camp again because i i think last year he proved that skipping training camp didn't work he wasn't a 10 plus million dollar a year player last year i think he really has to look at a one year prove it type deals probably something similar to what tack mckinley signed a one year four million dollar contract where you can prove that not only can you produce on the field but can you stay healthy um i also just wanted to quickly because you just said gif i was uh talking to uh, our, our good friend Tacky, and he actually confirmed to me that it is Jeff. No, he's wrong. No, he, mm. he, 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 he got a computer science degree. <laughs> Apparently they, they had a big talk about it in one of his classes and the actual guy that created, I don't care. I'm still saying GIF. The guy that created them said, Nope, it's pronounced Jeff. And I just, I don't like, if you want it to be Jeff, put a J in front, not a G. It's almost like I have this file of a picture and I converted it to a G-Pig instead of a JPEG or a G-Pig. Like, come on. Um, yeah, a couple names I wanted to throw out there for second wave, second wave free agency. Um, the Obviously, the two, uh, the two tackles from Kansas City, I think they're both, you know, getting up there in age. Um, probably can have them for some pretty good value. Um, obviously, we're, they we're, left. We're talking about Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, right? Yeah. 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 So they, they obviously got cut. And, um, you know, Eric Fisher is a former first overall pick. Um, but both pretty solid, I guess you would call dependable tackles. I think those guys could be going somewhere pretty soon. Um, Antonio <sighs> Brown is still on the market. And I know there's a lot of stuff around like the legal issues and are they going to come out this year? Um, we obviously found out that he can still be productive. He played well last year. I think a team looking for a wide receiver has to give him a look. And then uh, one that still kind of shocks me is Richard Sherman is still out there. And again, I know a lot of these guys are getting on the back nine of their careers, if you want to call it that. But there's a guy that's still a very highly productive corner. And I don't know if it's him waiting it out or if it's, you know, teams waiting it out for the right price. But those are just a couple of the free agents that kind of stood out to me if you're a team that needs one of those. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Eric Fisher, he's, he's coming off that torn Achilles, um, so he, he still has to work his way back from that one. I, I did see something today. There is a possibility that he might be ready for week one, but, I mean, of course, tearing your Achilles that late in the season when you're getting up there in age, uh, it, it's going to be that much harder to come back from. Um, now, I just want to... Uh, Quickly move on here. Um, Steve, I, I I told you I wanted to bring a new segment to this show. I told you I wanted to just do something a little bit fun. I didn't really give you any details about it other than it might be football related. It might not be football related. 
you really hated the idea that I wouldn't tell you uh, what was going on with it. Uh, you were bugging me and saying, I need to know, I need to know. Well, here it is. I present to you the Ball Hawks third down. Tonight for the third down segment, I, I'm going to bring you a couple different guys here that definitely are on the NFL all-name team. And we're going to do a <laughs> bit of a go. battle. <laughs> I'm going to give you a matchup, 20 different matchups, uh, or sorry, 10 different matchups, 20 different players. You pick your favorite from that matchup, and maybe at the end, I'll ask you to pick your your, your number one overall guy. Ooh, I now, like this already. I am so excited. I don't know how many times just today alone. And this, I, for everyone listening, I literally am finding out what this is for the first time right now. At least, I want to say three or four times, did I type in the word all name team into some sort of device. Uh, the latest one just a couple hours ago. I think you brought it up at least once on each of the last episodes. It might have even been twice last week. And I wanted to just be like, whoa, whoa, cool it. Hit the brakes. <laughs> like, don't spoil the game. Now, I had a couple ground rules here. Just want okay. to go over those really quick. Because uh, you, you might be like, well, like, where's this guy and where's that guy? So when I was going through some of the guys that, uh, you know, I went through a couple different lists about all name teams. And when I was picking the guys, it had to be their legal name or shortening of their legal name hmm. so i meant no nicknames or no frequently known as okay so this of course eliminated chad ochocinco johnson uh tiki barber which i actually didn't know tiki was not his legal name mm -hmm. uh bronco nagurski another guy thought that was his real name uh haha <laughs> -ha clinton Dix also got the boot uh or one of my favorites when looking up guys from this happy feller who was a kicker uh, in the early 70s. Yeah, that, and, that would definitely make the team right there. Oh, he was he was going on the list, and when I was doing a little bit more research, I was like, is that actually his name? And it, it wasn't. I don't have his, his, his real name written down here because Happy Feller was cool enough. Um, are, you, are you ready for the showdown here? Third down. I am so incredibly ready and very excited to be going down the all-name team third down segment here we go all right uh matchup number one i've got Earthwind moreland who is a former db versus little jordan humphrey who's a currently a wide receiver for the new orleans saints oh i'm gonna use a little recency bias on this one um, obviously being a fan of the East West showdown by key and peel, I'm going with Lil Jordan Humphrey. All right. Yeah, that's uh, a good first matchup. Good, good, good choice there. I, d I just wanted to add earth, wind, Moreland. Um, guess which band, uh, was his mother's favorite. No idea. Earth, wind and fire. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, for no, matchup... no sarcasm in that one at all. Yeah. For uh, matchup number two, we have Fair Hooker, who <laughs> I said no nicknames, and this is this is a legit name. Wow. Fair Hooker was a Browns wide receiver from 1969 to 1974. Wow. Versus Dick Butkus, the famous Ooh. Chicago Bears. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't know. They they both have those elements of why you would want them um, on your all-name team. I think you have to go with Dick Butkus. Like, that's just, that's too hilarious for all of the wrong reasons or the right reasons, whatever uh, state of childhood your brain is in at the current moment. Dick Butkus for round Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Any kid hears that name on the school playground and they're always going to give a little snicker or like, they're going to hear dad mention like, oh, remember the days of Dick Buckus? Or I guess probably at this day and age, it's probably grandpa mentioning Dick Buckus and little Johnny is going to go to the school and be like, you know what my grandpa told me? There's a guy that used to play for the Chicago Bears and his name is Dick 
podcast and they're just all going to start laughing and oh, yeah. get in trouble from the teacher. And- oh, the teacher's just losing their mind because every little kid in an elementary is like, ah, ha, 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 he said, but they're not even going to go to the dick part of it. They're just going to be like, ah, they said, but that's hilarious. Uh, matchup number two, we have a three. Uh, all matchup number ma- three. Ma- matchup number three. Sorry, I, it's my own game, and I already lost count here. <laughs> uh, we have an all linebacker matchup. We have uh, Takeo Spikes and his gigantic neck mm. uh, ver- versus Barkevius Mingo. Ooh. <sighs> you know what? I have used the image to make uh, let's not say make fun of but throw a joke around about having no neck of Takeo Spikes um, I have to go with Takeo Spikes although Barkevius is a really fun name to say and also his nickname being Kiki is a little fun too to like just I did just I funness did all over uh, I'm going with Takeo Spikes for his massive neck I, I do agree. Barkevius is uh, a lot of fun to say. So is Mingo, actually. Yeah, it M- kind of flows Mingo, together. Barkevius Mingo. Mingo. Kiki Mingo. I, I feel like uh, Buddy the Elf from Francesco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ne- next matchup here, we've got uh, Jack Youngblood. Hmm. Versus Hall of Famer, I believe, from the uh, Rams. Versus, I, I probably already know who you're picking in this matchup. But Jack Youngblood is going up against Zoltan Mesko, the former punter. Zoltan Musco. Mesko, yeah. Mesko. I have never heard of that name. He uh, he was a punter for the Steelers, which I, I probably just gave away your your pick for this for this matchup just based on that information right there. Uh, I, I remember back in the day, actually, when we were in our uh, old jersey slinging days at uh, at jersey city i actually had a guy come into the old store there looking for a zoltan mesco jersey no way <laughs> and i was like no man i do not carry punter jerseys in this store <laughs> i don't think a and punter then, jersey has ever been carried in that store before i've only ever seen one guy wearing a bc lions paul mccallum jersey once and uh, i i will not name names yeah i i have also sold a Paul McCallum jersey. Um, but if this is all-name team, I've got to go with Zoltan Mesko. That sounds dangerous. Like, you know, his parents were giving him that name, and they were just like, they were spinning that baby around on their hands. They're like, yeah, we're playing with danger here, like Zoltan Musco. Yeah. I feel, I feel like with a name like Zoltan, they are probably hoping for a magician, though, right? <laughs> or... Or someone in the circus, not really 100% sure where you're yeah. going with that name, but great all-name team. I don't think they were banking on NFL punter. Definitely uh, next, not. Next matchup here, this is honestly, not to downplay this matchup, but probably the one I'm least excited about. Uh, we've got Lawyer Malloy mm-hmm. versus LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, I gotta go with LeGarrette Blunt. Only because I remember um, in his earlier days, and for anybody who is unsure of who we're talking about here, this is a massive, massive human being uh, of a, a running back. And when he was playing in Tampa, routinely you would see him hurdle over like six foot plus dudes. And I, th- I want to say LeGarrette Blunt was like two, 250 range, maybe 260. He's a big dude. So you see this freight train of a man coming at you, uh, just malicious runner, and he would hurdle these dudes. So for unfair reasons, I'm picking LeGarrette Blunt um, gonna, as my matchup say, five. Isn't this the all-name team, not the all-hurdle team? Um, we're, we're not talking the Olympics here. We're talking just guys with cool names. Hey, look – this is your segment. These are my answers. Take them or leave them. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll leave them at the door then. Thank you. Uh, next matchup. We've got, uh, priest Holmes, uh, Mm. famous running back from the Kansas city chiefs, uh, versus frosty Rucker. 
And I just want to give a quick little uh, background <laughs> on on that name because, like I said, I did my research here. I, I didn't just pick names out of a hat. That's neat. Frosty is his legit first name, and it's because his dad was a DJ, and his DJ name was DJ Frost. So instead of wow. people calling calling his son Little Frost or anything like that, he decided, nope, I'm going to get jump on this. I'm naming him Frosty. I mean, how can I not pick that guy? His name is Frosty, like the snowman Frosty. That's the first thing that comes to mind. This poor, again, That's I, I feel like answer. this segment should have been called What Were Your Parents Thinking for some of these? Like, you, you named your kid after a snowman. Um, no, DJ. So I, I definitely can't pick Priest on this one, um, especially with the background of how this guy got his name. Frosty Wrecker is the winner of that round. I, I couldn't agree more. It's a great choice. Uh, up next, we've got uh, Prince Amukamara. And I, I, again, because I wanted to prove that I did my research on this, uh, Prince is his legal first name, and he is actually also a prince. Uh, his grandfather is a king in Nigeria. Wow. His father is a chief, and Prince Amukamara is actually uh, the next in line. Uh, so. I, I don't know if he'll graduate and change his name to King Amukamara one day, but as of right now, it's Prince. He's definitely uh, got a good job lined up after his football career. Yeah, well, uh, I think his football career, did he play last year? I don't know. I can't I, remember. I think he, yeah, I think he might be done, but had a good career nonetheless. I'm pretty sure he won won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Uh, his uh, his competitor, he's going up against Captain Munnerlyn. Hmm. I'm going to go Captain Munnerlin. Great backstory on Amukamara. He was in his earlier days. He was one of my favorite corners to trade for in Madden, but Captain Munnerlin, man, you were, you were <laughs> that trying just to create, screams all name team. You were trying to create the, uh, the Madden all name team. For, oh, I've uh, done it many times for the Baltimore Ravens. You're like, Nope, not worried about skill or talent. Got a cool name. You're you made the squad boys. Made the squad. There's, there's enough good players with crazy fun names that I made a great team. Uh, next one we've got here is uh, is a bit of an, I guess you'd call it a uh, oxymoron moron of a, uh, a matchup or, you know, two different very, uh, very sides of the spectrum here. We've got Guy Wimper, who is an offensive tackle, versus former Seattle Seahawks fullback, Mac Strong. Oh... Uh, like how, how do you not win with guy whimper as an offensive lineman like the most physical part of the game in the trenches oh. guy whimper oh come on but max like your name is max strong and you're a fullback a lead blocker for sean alexander like <laughs> you were we're talking about zoltan mesco being born to be a magician <laughs> max strong was born to be a fullback yeah yeah i'm i'm taking guy whimper Guy Wimper. Because that guy probably it... got picked on being called Wimpy in school. And who got the last laugh now, you jerks? You just wanted him to be picked first one time. I want him to be picked first one time. Good for you, Guy Wimper, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure he is. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got the Battle of the TJs up next here. Mm. So I'm, I'm sure you know who's coming up here. None, none other than TJ Hushmanzada him of the, uh, the the very famous fantasy football commercials uh, versus, uh, I think I did my, if I was doing my research correctly on this one, former Baltimore Raven, actually, TJ Slaughter. Mm. Um, both actually former Baltimore Ravens. Um, TJ Hushmanzada is my all-time favorite last name to say because... I don't even know how many times people would come into Jersey City and butcher the name, and you just have to get uh, TJ. Who? How is it? Yeah, it's it's Hushmanzada. What? What? TJ Hushmanzada for the win. For the win. Can I tell you what my wife calls uh, TJ Hushmanzada? Because of course he's also a former Seattle Seahawk. Yeah. There's no way my wife was learning nor remembering Hushmanzada, so he is Rat Tail. <laughs> Rat Tail. Just because of the of the the, the 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 braid that would hang out the back of his helmet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, could not have any all name team battle without including this guy, the guy that that inspired the East versus West Key and Peel mm-hmm. uh, sketch. None other than Debrickashaw Ferguson. He is going up. He's got a good matchup here. I this is, this is going to be tough. So he is going up against Wonder mons now mm. let me let me give you some backup some background here wonder mons played one season in 1978 not really gonna so, matter for the all-name team battle his but full he's a one-hit wonder his full legal name wonderful terrific mons jr oh my god so there's two of them there's three of them. Oh, no. <laughs> he named one of his sons Wonderful Terrific Mons the Third. Plot twist. We've got a third <laughs> Wonderful Terrific. Oh, my. Yeah, that, that has to be the winner. Right? I didn't even know that name existed. And then like, to top it all off, you got the bad name from your father. And you should have said, like, you know what? I know how horrible this was my whole life. No, you know what? My son's got to deal with it, too. Perfect. I'm gonna embrace it and I'm gonna pass it down. <laughs> when you hear Wonder Mons, you're like, yeah, whatever. Like that's the Brookeshaw Ferguson's gonna take the win here, but then you, you gotta put it all together and you no. Know, wonderful, wonderful terrific, terrific is a wonderfully terrific name. Yeah. Okay, quick rundown here. We've got Lil Jordan Humphrey, Dick Buckets, Dakio Spikes, Zoltan Mesco, LeGarrett Blunt, Frosty Rucker, uh Captain Munnerlin, Guy Wimper, TJ Hushmanzada. And wonderful, terrific Muns Jr., who's your number one overall all-name team? I don't even think it's a competition at this point. A guy named Wonderful Terrific has to win this. I didn't even know. Like, I am the all-name team. I love hearing about all names. Um, I had no idea that existed. I honestly thought (laughs) nobody could really take on Guy Wimper. Like, Guy Wimper. Somebody, somebody outdid Guy Wimper. Um, congratulations! Golf, golf clap, golf clap. For one, Wonder Mons, your, your your trophies in the mail. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll have him on the podcast probably later in the season uh, to to officially rein him in. Hey, he, he's gonna like see his name trending on Twitter this week and be like, "What the hell is this Twitter <laughs> thing? And why am I trending?" <laughs> Dumb Canadians. Uh. <laughs> And um, Canadians and their half-ass takes. Yeah. <laughs> so we got we kind of got one last thing to go through. We've had our fun for the episode. Um, we got one last thing to go through before uh, we wrap this up. And it all starts with the TV contract. Um, we're not going to get too far into the TV contract, but it was a 10-year contract. Um, a hundred conflicting reports between 10 and 11 years um but generally a decade they signed something for the next decade and we're talking in the hundreds of billions of dollars um so do do you want to add some stuff to that i I, I was just gonna say when, when looking it up today because of course heaven forbid there be any contract in the nfl without some sort of uh out clause there's actually an nfl uh opportunity to opt out of the contract after seven years so it's probably a seven-year contract so they've got some voidable years on the end of it some voidable years yeah um but they want all that money yeah the big one with this is the news of the new contract i mean there's some things about how they're going to be the first live streaming on what was it amazon Amazon Prime. Was it yeah. Amazon? Okay, um, I was going to say Amazon Prime. Um, taking over the Thursday night football games in, in 2023 exclusively. Um, my big question there is that going to include Canada? Um, I, I don't know. I, I know there was a game last year. I think it was the Cardinals and Niners, actually, that was on Amazon Prime. And it was only on Amazon Prime because I remember looking for it because uh, I need that football fix no matter what day of the week <laughs> it is. And I couldn't find it anywhere on TV. And, and I was like, oh, it must be on Amazon Prime. 
And uh, so I, I don't know how that's going to affect Canada. Um, the, the big one that I saw in regards to streaming is um, ESPN Plus is going to get an international game exclusively uh, every year. And again, how does that affect Canada? I mean, Amazon Prime, having getting Thursday Night Football, whatever, we get Amazon Prime in Canada. My wife and I have it. Uh, it's probably our least used streaming service because, of course, Disney Plus reigns supreme. Um, 100% we don't get, of the time. We don't have ESPN Plus in Canada, uh, at least not yet. So this could open up some some doors for ESPN Plus to, to get into Canada. I mean, of course, they can just make it part of the Disney Plus platform. Uh, but some, some definitely some, some question marks there for sure. Yeah, and I mean, the... The big question I think this raises in terms of how does it affect the on-field production or how does it change how we're building rosters? Well, we obviously know the cap is going way up. Like pandemic or not, it's $110 billion. Or that's at least the report that I saw. Um, So obviously we knew the cap was probably going to go up as soon as the pandemic ended. Um, but I think the cap is going to absolutely skyrocket for the next um, 10 years, obviously, with that big of a contract. And it leads us to some things about who, who's going to be getting these big contracts. And I know we kind of alluded to it earlier in the Kenny Galladay thing and how his cap hit is lower this year. And, you know, GMs might not be too afraid that, you know, a cap is going to rise significantly in the next couple of years. Um what that means for the Ravens specifically. I think obviously we all know Lamar is going to get paid. I think if you do that number quicker now, when you have that kind of assurance that, you know, life's going to be okay if we pay Lamar 42, $43 million a year um, because the cap is going up that much. I know we have to re-sign Mark Andrews soon. Um, he's getting, you know, top five tight end money which is starting to climb itself. Um, Yeah, I I think there's going to be lots of money to build your roster around. Um, With that being said, every every team gets that advantage. It's not just the Ravens. It's just kind of nice timing for them when they have to shell out so much for a big-time quarterback. Um, One one of the ones we talked about, though, that we're going to talk about for the next couple minutes here is how it affects um, Jamal Adams. You and I have been having... Um, I guess kind of a really good conversation on Twitter with a couple people about what Jamal Adams value is and is it worth it? So do you want to give us a little quick rundown on what that was? Yeah, that was, uh, that was actually pretty funny. I, I, I put it out there, you know, there was an article coming out that the, the Seahawks shouldn't uh, sign Jamal Adams to this, uh, gigantic contract just simply based off of the fact that they gave up so much draft capable capital for him um, and of course I, I shared the article from our Ball Hawks account and said hey Seahawks fans uh, you know what do you say about this what, what is your opinion Let, let's talk about this and then I left you to talk about it, the non-Seahawks fan, because <laughs> I went to the park with my kids. Uh, so I actually missed that pretty well whole conversation um, because I was enjoying the uh, Okanagan lifestyle. Being uh, a good dad. So I, I, can, uh, dad. I, can, I can run down just really, really, really briefly about what it was. Um, I was actually on vacation myself, but it was that one time when my kids were having a little downtime and I, I got to go check the sporting news. And so what it was, was, um, our good friend Kyle made a little sarcastic comment right away to it. And it actually holds a little bit of value. And it was basically just because you make a mistake on overpaying for an asset once does not mean that you have to do it a second time by overpaying him in a contract. Now, whether you think it's an overpayment on the assets given up for Jamal, or if you think, I think we talked about 18 million on average a year to resign. What, what I saw, um, he wants, from what I've seen, at minimum, 17 million a year, like what Shaquille Barrett got down in Tampa Bay. Now Shaquille Barrett's a linebacker, 
not a safety, but again, we had this this discussion. What is Jamal, Jamal Adams? Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? I know I threw edge out there and you were like, whoa, Chris, like stop throwing <laughs> out the hyperboles. Um, I mean, does Jamal Adams set the edge? No. Does he come off the edge a lot? Yes. Um, he, he rushes the, the passer probably more than any other safety uh, or DB out there. I mean, he set a record last year for sacks by a DB at nine and a half sacks. So I think he's going to be in that somewhere. I mean, the, the floor is 17. Uh, the ceiling's probably 20. So he's going to be probably in somewhere in that range. So, yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, over what, whatever you think overpaying for, just because you pay a lot to get a guy does not mean you need to hold on to that guy by overpaying him as well. It's kind of like cutting your losses short while you can. And that's where the conversation turned to like, oh, well, would you just want to recoup as much of that initial loss as possible by trading him? And um, I can't remember which one of our followers I was having a conversation with. It was really a really good one. Um, but he said that you need to start building your team around blue chip players, right? And I think he had mentioned, um, you know, Bobby Wagner is sort of on the outs, um, they just don't have that defensive blue chip player, which I, I firmly like. I love Jamal Adams. I, I guess I should have prefaced this whole thing by saying I, I really do value him. I do think that 17 to 19, 17 I could live with. Now, when you say minimum, we all know it's not going to be. So, like, guys on the franchise tag are making like 2 million less than that. So, like, the highest paid safeties are 15.2 million, Justin Simmons with. The Broncos, uh, 14.75 Buda Baker uh, with the Cardinals, 14.6 Eddie Jackson with Chicago. So is he the best safety? I, I don't know. That's He's definitely in the conversation. So should he reset the market? Yeah, I do think he should. If he wants $20 million, though, like, are you telling me you want a $5 million raise on the next highest safety? I just... I thought that was a little too rich for my blood, but I thought that conversation about like you have to build around blue chip players was really uh, a great argument. He's already setting himself up for a contract battle, especially if he does get franchise tagged. Uh, last season, uh, they they were talking to him about being the, I think it was after he set the record for sacks by a defensive back or a safety or what have you. And, and he said, I don't view myself as a safety. I don't view myself as a linebacker. I'm a weapon on defense. So you, you can already tell just by the way he's talking and, and the way he's out in the media, uh, he's prepared to uh, fight for his uh, next contract, especially fight if he does get franchise tag to am I a safety, am I a linebacker? Uh, and the Seahawks are going to have to have to be very, very careful if they go down that road of the franchise tag of where they use him this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. If they bring him back, bring him down into the box a lot this season, he's got a case. He's got a case to say, no, I play 75% of my snaps in a linebacker position. Am I really mm -hmm. a safety? Probably not. Uh, so it, it's going to leave uh, a, a lot up for discussion this upcoming season. Uh, into a next off season because you know talking about russell wilson wanting the trades not enough let's add a uh, a jamal adams contract into the mix <laughs> um which just leads me into my quick rundown on let, let me this... let me add one thing and before yeah. you do a quick rundown i think that's such a huge topic of conversation going forward this idea of i'm not a safety i'm not a linebacker i'm a defensive weapon and we're starting to hear a lot of that kind of talk um, one of the ones I heard last year draft time was Isaiah Simmons. And people are, I, I think for the, the last five to, you know, eight years, people have been calling these guys tweeners when they're talking draft um, draft time talk. And I think it leads to like a really good conversation about they're going to need to rework what these franchise tags are and what they mean. And <sighs> Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I, I will say I hate the franchise tag. Um, but yeah, give us your rundown of the Seahawks really quickly here. Yeah, uh, 
really quick here uh seahawks still need a defensive end they still need a cornerback they still need a wide receiver three uh, a couple names i have written down here is actually Jadebian Clowney. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate to see him back in Seattle. Right term, right money. Uh, I, I think it could be a good fit. Uh, they should bring back Carlos Dunlap still, I think. Uh, a couple other guys out there, Alden Smith. Um, of course, they did go out and they signed Kerry uh, Hyder from the 49ers. Uh, he had eight and a half sacks last year. Don't know a lot about the guy, but I know uh, 49er fans are not happy about it, so I'm happy. Uh, Niners fans are mad, so things are good. <laughs> uh, a couple wide receivers I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson lobbied for him last year. He lobbied for him the year before. Uh, Russell Wilson has a good relationship with Antonio Brown, apparently, so could be a good fit. Uh, Golden Tate, possibly a reunion back in Seattle there. Uh, Richard Sherman, another possible reunion, and I can't believe I wrote this guy's name down. I might throw up when I say it, Malcolm Butler. Um, <laughs> the Seahawks have a need. I would hate to see, I mean, if he can come in and perform well, sure. But uh, I guess um, forgive and don't forget when it comes <laughs> to the goal line interception. Uh, and of course they re-signed Chris Carson. Uh, bit unexpected. Uh, I think the market softened on him a little bit. Uh, more than he probably expected, more than the team expected, and the cost came back to a point where the Seahawks could afford him. Uh, what's happening with your Ravens? Yeah, um, I'll I'll do a really quick one here. We're just about out of time. Um, I think the big thing surrounding the Ravens right now is wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, obviously, we talked about how Sammy came in for a visit. Um, that didn't work out. The narrative now has shifted to no wide receiver wants to play in Baltimore. And whose fault is that? Is it Lamar's fault? Is it John Harbaugh's fault? Is it Greg Roman's fault? Everybody needs to eat a piece of that crap pie. Like, it, for whatever reason. And, and the, the kind of narrative I was throwing out there on Twitter is we don't actually know why these guys aren't signing in Baltimore, right? We don't know why Juju uh, decided to take less money and less money in incentives to play for the Steelers instead of more money to play with Kansas City offered him more and Baltimore offered him the most. So there's kind of this thought out there that the Ravens can't land a wide receiver for whatever reason. Nobody wants to play with them. Um, I'm not fully buying that. Um, again, I, I don't know what those conversations are. If it's, we're coming in for a visit to see what you have to offer and you have to blow me away with it. But essentially, until they get that wide receiver one, this conversation is going to dominate the Ravens offseason. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we're kind of out of time here, but we want to start giving away a very prestigious what we called the shout out crown uh, to one of our followers. Maybe once we start getting sponsors, we'll actually like give some cool stuff away. But for right now you get this um, kind of like the points in whose line is it anyways, they're there. Like the crown is here. It just doesn't mean anything, but um, it is the most prestigious thing we have to give away. So uh, give out the shout out crown, Chris great callback to whose line is it anyway that's a show that i forgot about but i used to watch that with my family growing up every week shout out crown this week uh we were talking earlier about listeners and where they're coming from and how the uk is ahead of the, the united states right now and our shout out crown is going to george uh all the way over in wales who uh we communicated a little bit with him on twitter this past week he was the one that you were talking about with uh the the jamal adams thing and he just says he craves seahawks content he appreciates what we're what we're putting out there and he is listening to us uh all the way over in wales so george thank you big shout out crown to you uh and again we'll uh we'll make it official on twitter or something <laughs> yeah and uh all kind of jokes and kidding aside, we actually do really appreciate everybody uh, tuning into us. When we first started this, it was kind of like, let's see how it goes. 
Um, we know how many football podcasts are out there and you guys taking the time to uh, listen to us, to interact with us on Twitter. We really do appreciate that. Um, any last words, Chris? I mean, I just wanted to quickly add, I mean, George can listen from Wales. My wife can't listen from upstairs. So again, thank you, George. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone else that's listening as well. Uh, please give us a follow at ballhawks underscore pod. I'm Chris Phillips. Find me at phillipschris12 on Twitter. And, of course, as always, go Hawks. Peace. Touchdown, Seahawks! We control us. We run this. And anybody coming in our house, they get dealt with. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.